Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ladies and gentlemen, two men from opposite ends of the physical, cultural, and emotional spectrums. Flats and Shanks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of our weekly podcast. I said last week was episode 13, but it weren't. No, it weren't, were they? It was 12. Today's 13. I'm David Flatman. I'm Tom Shanklin. Hiya, Tom. All right, Dave. How you doing? Yeah, all right, actually. Um, nice little backdrop, haven't we? I mean, we, yeah. we went big last week yeah. in the stadium, and now we've gone a little bit below, but... Still nice in a way at Twickenham HQ, Cabbage Patch, where Flats and I have just been filming some classic GWR, GWR videos. Yeah, um, it was such bants with a Z, wasn't it? Oh my God, we did a little bit of a gym session, some skipping. Can we just make sure? Can we? People at home don't think we're that cynical. We're not getting paid to say GWR. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. 
They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. In our podcast, like Tom just did. Um, we, do- we should be, actually. We're doing it for practice, is what we're doing it for. For when we get big sponsors on board. For when we're doing Saturday night takeaway. Yeah. Ant and Dick. I just... Um, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for the call. Like I checked my phone earlier, but I still haven't had the call or the email saying that, you know, like Land Rover or Versace or I don't know, Donald Trump wants to come and give us loads of money to talk about Jamaica. Largely, or was it called? Well, I don't know. Giacomo, Giacomo. I wouldn't even know, mate. I wouldn't even shop there. You just said you it. obviously know. Is that Freddie Flintoff's place? Well, yeah, I think for so. big lads, high and mighty. I don't need that. I don't need. Have that. you checked your check your junk mail, mate? Might be in there. You never know. Yeah, I mean, I'm presuming there have been some really big offers coming in, but... I often find when you turn your phone on and off, when you're expecting a text or email, it will come through. Yeah. Yeah, do the little research. Do you want me to call you just in case? Uh, no, don't no, do that. No, okay, fine. Don't fine. do that. Um, what have you been doing over the last week or so? Have you been busy? Um, no, not really, mate. Not too busy. Um, watched all of rugby at the weekend, because mm. I love it. Who doesn't? Piggy. Yeah. Um, I'm taking it easy this weekend, purposely, because... I am off to Dubai for the sevens on Wednesday, and I'm not playing before you ask. Mm. Mm, probably could. Um, what, yeah, you couldn't. What are you doing out there? Um, watching the rugby, taking a load of clients out. Uh, my company, LS Media, we do events and hospitality. We are taking 20 clients out to watch the sevens. Your company, LS Media, um, will benefit in some way from being mentioned on this podcast, um, but that's no benefit to me. You, you well... You're doing a gig for me in January, the 18th, yeah. with Warburton and Haskell. Mates rates, barely um, covering the diesel. Therefore, effectively, you work for me. Yeah, I Don't suppose, so. <laughs> I suppose so. But until I turn up and work, I hold all the power. If I drop you on the day, you are screwed, mate. Don't forget that. No, we're not. We're fine. We'll um, we'll get someone like for like. Omid Jali or someone. Win Evans, go compare. <laughs> <laughs> he's, actually, he, he's actually really funny, mate. Apparently, he's really funny. Brutal, I heard. Brutal at me, yeah. Oh, just at you? Uh, on on a s- specific night, yes. Um, I was, uh, since you asked what I was doing the last week or so. Yeah, um, what have you been doing? Been very, very busy actually, because I'm not going to Dubai. Um, you are always busy. I was, every time I turn on the TV, God, I see you. That's just repeats, mate. So, um, one of the things I did was go to um, the England against Argentina match at Twickenham here, at Twickenham. Uh, we are at Twickenham in a box, and I was downstairs in one of the hospitality suites and it was brilliant Mark Durden Smith hosted it now I normally do the hostings this was quite a nice one because what what generally happens at these events is that so you answer the questions yeah so what generally happens is you have a Q&A I normally ask the cues because I'm not famous enough or I wasn't good enough at rugby to answer the questions mate right? come on we've no. had this discussion eight caps no anyway yeah eight caps true so but I'm alright with that but then so normally I do the hosting this time I did the answering and I've got to say it's really easy um, anyway but it's so much easier. All these boys that say I do a few Q and A's, they sit there and it's an absolute piece of piss. But anyway, it was a right laugh. Austin Ely, Lawrence Dalio, Clive Woodward, and Tin- Mike Tyndall were the other guys. Yeah, yeah. So five icons of English rugby. Yeah. You were there for the comedy. I was there anyway. I was there to look funny. So uh, Mark Durden Smith hosted it, and oh mate, genuine genius. Like he had Clive up there, and the first thing he asked him is, Clive, let's get to the nitty gritty. It's a serious rugby event. Clive looks immaculate. He's about to go and pundit on the telly and he's the man and he's like what on earth were your parents thinking about calling you Clive 
and everyone just absolutely pisses themselves. And then he's he's like, you know, you're such a national treasure, Clive. I think there's every chance you're going to get a state funeral. And everyone starts laughing again. It's like, well, not yet, not yet. Although you don't look great, you know. But then everyone starts telling stories about Clive when he's there and his yeah, wife's there. Yeah. It's bloody funny. So Durders was on form then. Durders was, he wasn't well, but he was absolutely hilarious. I say it like I know him. Yeah, you're really, yeah, but you, you're rugby brothers, aren't you? He does wear cords and loafers. And Jack Whitehall, the comedian, was in there and the poshest, and Durders walked over and said, the poshest comedian in England, Jack Whitehall. And he stands up. He's obviously just there having a few beers. He's not there to perform. Yeah. And Jack Whitehall stood up and said, Oh, Durders, I love standing next to you. The only man in the world who makes me sound like Danny Dyer. <laughs> it was very, very <laughs> funny. It was very, very funny. And bums against the wall, chaps, have a great day. You know, it was very, very funny. So it was, um, it was one of those corporate days where, because I'm used to turning up to these corporate days and having work to do. But you, yeah, because no predominantly do. you host yeah. more than anything. I mean, we both do. So, you know, don't just book David, book me as well. Or actually book Mark Durden-Smith. But he'll probably cost more than you plus me, I would have thought, because his mum is Gloria Hunniford. Actually, it's Julie Chalmers, but we always say Gloria Hunniford because he hates that. She travels. Yeah, she does. Mm, and it's funny, he, I mean, he mentioned it. It's sort of the irony of um, a mother who was never there because she spent 30 years travelling for the BBC. So she was never there to parent him, but the show was, ironically, was called Wish You Were Here. Amazing, because he wasn't. He was at boarding school and on his I own. I suppose you can see that, can't you, with the... With him as a person yeah you meet him and you i mean he's a good guy to be around for sort of a few minutes at a time but very very hard work the old broadsheet bumbler yeah after a while um just like hugh grant huge grant so what we're going to talk about today boy uh well well boy um loads of rugger loads and loads of rugger um we're going to talk about baptiste serran's pass for france sick sickness amazing wasn't ill it? yeah Ill, really poorly sick um, really, really amazing, and I'm really, really glad he's playing for France and he looks the real ticket and he just cuts loose and does what he wants. I love that. We're going to talk a bit about England, I expect, yeah. Billy Winopola. We're going to talk about the Welsh and how even though they've won three out of four, it wasn't very good. We've got the Irish to talk about as well, being Australia. We've got yeah. France, New Zealand. That was another. There's loads of gear. That was another good game. Italy, Tonga. I know, right? It's I know. Amazing. And obviously, Scotland versus Georgia. You know, yeah, so tier just, three versus tier three. Yeah, ah, joking. The tier yeah. twos. Yeah, no Scotland. Um, and there was a full sort of there was a full Premiership weekend this weekend. We'll, we probably won't go too hard on that because we're we're not too worried about how long these podcasts take. Um, but we don't want them to drag on unnecessarily. And I suppose next week is a Premiership catch up, isn't it? We like we'll obviously next week debrief the England Australia game and get back into the Prem. And the, yeah. Pro, and the Pro 12 because I know loads of you love that out there yeah love even it. though Liam Williams is the best player in it and he's just leaving but and he's playing on the wing why not play him at 15 I know it's bizarre come on I know and I did you um, did you see uh, you're Welsh so you might have seen it but I just saw a clip on Twitter of his missus on Instagram I can't believe you brought that up you can't bring up Liam Williams girlfriend mate on the podcast <sighs> just but since you brought her up though yeah just what you told me earlier that was all she is outrageously attractive that's why he's gone to London is he is, what, is she, does she live in London apparently so mate I'd move to London that is not my obviously we are just joking but I'd move to London mm. I would move to London I mean we, we also looked at Shanks I'd move to London I said yeah no I don't I'm in that, London I, now I, I don't doubt that I don't doubt that whatsoever but we talked about Alex Good's missus didn't we you know well he talked about her he talked about her yeah. he brought it up we yeah. didn't know yeah so 
Well, actually, all the lads at Sarri's brought it up as soon as we walked in. Maybe that's what we should do. Pick out we'll like do a that. Top, top ten. Listeners' wives. Rub your or husbands. Wives. Or husbands. Yeah. I mean, I'm up, I'm up for that. Not that I'm up for that. You know you know what I'm saying. I think we want to be open-minded. Swarzewski. Yeah, and Zarzewski. Same that's person. He's not... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. That's how yeah. you say it. He is, he is an incredibly attractive man with an incredible mane of hair. Um, he's always been my favourite, actually. Anyway... Anyway, um, we talk about we talk about stuff, aren't we? We talk about stuff. Yeah. Also today, Tommy, of course, we are speaking to a quite wondrous former rugby player. A very, 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 very special guest. Um, we've yet to have an Irishman on, I believe. That, and that's mainly because you, you can't understand a word they're saying, but ah. it's worth it with him. Yeah, we don't like him. Joking, we love him. Um, but Brian O'Driscoll is coming on the show later on. <sighs> Did you just say it? I said it. One of our... Uh, Bod Dricko, Drixie. He's a huge, huge, huge fan of the podcast. He's not. He's about five foot nine, but he's a, he's a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he's exact words, pretty much exact words. It's all I listen to. Without it, I don't know where I'd be. So, looking forward to talking to him. I just I just hope he's having one of his good days. Do you know what I mean? Let's start then, Tommy, um, with something kind of rugby related. Have you seen the video of Johnny May, England winger? scrummaging behind Mako Vunapola against Argentina at the weekend I have seen it who hasn't seen it it's carnage isn't it well if you haven't go on in go on Twitter go on to YouTube have a look at it it's absolute class now do you think someone who's played rugby for as long as he has over 10 years let's just say yeah surely you would know where to put your head when it comes to scrummaging incredible He's not a footballer that's just come on the field and been told to scrummage. Surely you would have an idea of where to put your head. Yeah, I mean, some people will call it... I mean, it is unfathomable that he didn't know at all what he was doing. Some people will call it um, unprofessional, unacceptable. I love it. I absolutely love how ridiculous Do you it is. reckon he's taken the piss? He is, not, he is not taking the piss. No way. See, that's the cynical side to me because I believe that if you've played rugby all your life, you play international rugby, you know where a flanker puts his head yeah, everyone knows you know where a second row puts his head you know the difference between tight head and loose head yeah but then I every time you ask Johnny May what's Johnny May like I've never met Johnny May probably but you you ask other lads what's Johnny May like they all say the same thing lovely bloke space cadet Okay. lovely bloke space cadet in his own world and then you hear Eddie Jones saying not sure what's going through his head half the time but I'd love to be in there for a bit maybe he's trying to redefine scrummaging maybe he thought it was a better way to do it is it? But you put people out of no. Okay. You put people out of position, like you put Elliot Daly on the wing. I yeah. mean, he was very good on the wing last week, but you put him on the wing, and he's kind of so unnatural and so unpracticed at chasing and competing no, for kicks. No, screw that completely. Not having it. Not having whatsoever. As a centre, you chase all the kicks. Everything that goes up from your ten, you're chasing. You're trying to get your hands on it. It's not just box kicks that go up. You forget about up and unders that go up in the middle, mm. and. Regardless of, he would have chased thousands of kicks. You chase them all the time from the centre. So okay. that is just poor. I mean, I agree with you. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Just, I mean, you. Cannot, I mean, I, ju- I jumped in on you there. You what I was about to say was, you cannot say that he did that because he's out of position. You cannot, no. and it's unacceptable. And I'm angry. I'm angry with Elliot Daly. Are you angry? I'm very angry about. Um, what I will say is that the outcome should not be on how the player lands or the outcome the decision shouldn't be made on outcome you mean the, the decision yeah you know what I'm saying I don't know what you're saying what are you saying I'm saying the outcome of the decision 
The decision, just the decision then. Okay, fine. The decision should not be made on how the player is injured or how he lands. It should be whether he's taken him out or not in the air. Because you saw Elliot Daly take the guy out, red card, correct decision. Then you see it later on, Johnny May gets the same treatment in the air, but lands on one foot and doesn't land on his back. And mm. nothing's taken. So if you're taking someone out in the air like that, regardless of how they land, I believe it should just be a yellow or a red. What, mm. do you, what do you think about that? What about accidental takeout in the air equals yellow? Something that looks malicious and more than accidental equals red. So if you're swinging arms into it, you go red. Yeah, that's fine. Should we get it in the directive? Leave it with me. Okay, cool. But you think it's the right call to red card Elliot Daly? No one disagrees with that, do they? Not at all. He, he takes the man out in the air. Yes, he, he knows he's made a mistake and he pulls out right at the end, but you see his arms go and he's just... That's the thing, when you, when you go out in a game like this, you know, very new to international rugby, is real keen to make an impression, too keen, goes out there, wants to, you know, wants to chase the kick as fast and hard as he can, gets there too early, doesn't time it right, takes the guy out in the air. Fortunately, it's a red card, but... They did well to last with 14 men for 75 minutes. That was a real test for England, wasn't it, as to where they are internationally. Yeah, apart from anything else, fit boys, eh? Yeah. Really, really fit. Not, not as fit as they used to be no? when we were playing. No, I mean, it's, it is a lot easier now, a lot more breaks now because of the yeah. TMOs. So you just don't need to be as... I mean, it's far tougher back in... All round. 2001. No, no, it was no. very, very hard around. No, they are incredibly fit, incredibly fit. And that was a, that was a real test of strength mm. and character for them to... To go through and, and to win pretty comfortably by the end because you think Argentina came back right at the end of the first half, then straight into the second half they score a try, some momentum swung, but you know they held out very well at the end. And I mean it was a pretty dirty game in terms of yellow cars and Simbin and, and Reds. Yeah, Argy's lost a player as he's well. He's, yeah, the fifth player is it Elliot Daly? To Elliot Daly, fifth Elliot, fifth player. Yeah. I think Lewis Moody was the one before. It was like 11 years ago when... Danny Grucock's gone as well. Yeah. Mike Burton punched someone. Danny Grucock, I think... Stamped on someone's stamped head on in a scrum. Stamped head in Dunedin. Uh, what about Lewis Moody having a fight with Tuilangi? That was a good one. That's right. Did he get a red for that, Lewis? Is that what he got a red for? Yeah. It was something like Tuilangi took out Mark Cueto in the air. Crates gets up and a bit of handbag stuff and pushes him and then Tuilangi goes for him. Shits yeah. himself, <laughs> and then Lewis Moody comes in and just throws haymaker. Yeah, amazing. No, it wasn't amazing. It was awful. We can't yeah. condone it. I remember. Um, you remember? Do you remember years ago? Uh, you did it. You got me with it. It was so good. It was that you ring someone and then you've got a thing on your phone and you press play and it plays a message down the phone. Yeah. And you, I answer the phone and say hello, and it's, it's from a random number and it says, "What's my girl's number doing on your phone, mate?" And there's a pause, and I say, "What? Who's this? What is my girl's number doing on your phone? Oh, what's your number doing on my girl's phone?" And you're like, "Uh," and then it goes, he "Goes, come on, come on." He's something like, you know, "That's yeah, my yeah, girl, yeah. man. That's my girl." And I, was, yeah, uh, no, I don't know what you're talking about, you know. And like, you did it to me, and I'm like, I'm in the car. I was taking my car for an MOT. I remember, I thought, "Oh my god, this guy sounds like hardcore. Oh, who is this guy?" You're like that. Ticket. Yeah, like, oh, and then you ring me like, ah, you know, <laughs> and it properly got me. Like I was sweating, hair standing on end, both of my hairs and um, eyebrows standing on end and then I just I got it off you and started doing it to all the lads in the premiership and but we were single right oh yeah we were yeah. single yeah we were single just get that in first yeah, get that in yeah um, and <laughs> technicalities and I remember doing it to Mark Quato and I did it and Quato was like hello and I was like you know it was like 
what's your number doing on my girl's phone, mate? It's like, what? Who's this? And it was like, what's your girl's number? What's my, what's, you know, you know the story. What's your number doing on my girl's phone? And he was like, I've got to come up, find you, I'll find you. And Quaid, excuse my language, he's like, fucking come on then, find me. You know where I am. <laughs> Say a rugby, come and find me. I'll knock your teeth out, mate. I'll come and find you. I was like, Quaid, Quaid, it's flats, relax. Oh, you're right, kid. It's a wind up, is it? You know, it's like he just came out swinging. Cool, then I'll knock your teeth out. Oh. <laughs> tough boy. Oh, tough Yeah, lad. shows what people are like under pressure. Yeah, tough. I did it to Steve Diamond as well. Yeah. I didn't know Steve very well. Still don't really, but I did it to Steve Diamond just in case. Bants. And he was, yeah, I just thought, well, he won't know who it is. I'll do it. And Steve Diamond was along the lines of, um, you know who I am, you know where I work, come and find me any day of the week. <laughs> it, was like, it was like those, yeah, those two, yeah, you stay away from those two. It didn't work. That fishy didn't work. Good impression, that, though, mate. Thank you. Yeah, he's Danish. Did you know that? <laughs> so, what did you make of England's victory then? Really good. Really, really good. It wasn't a really good game. I mean, I, I watched it here at Twickenham and it was... Um, did you watch it in a stand or did you watch it in the clubhouse in the warmth with the rest of the press I watched it in the, the corporate suite with oh nice shall I name drop a little bit go on uh, with big lol Delags. never heard of him never heard of Delalagalagalo I watched it with Lawrence Bruno Nero Delalio yes um, a lot of those in that name there is um, and so I watched it with him and Mark Durden-Smith my uh, poshest friend um, Gloria Hunniford's son so we you watch it now. You, you get you get the choice. We might have had this chat. You get the choice. Were you where playing Conkers? <laughs> we were just playing Ladiators. Um, yeah. Just massive drinking games with black coffee. Yeah, left-handed drinking. Rah rah rah. Yeah, and Austin was in there, which is um, a great shame. But he was in there. He had yeah. a ribbed jumper on, which just wasn't great. It goes too far with the for fashion. For your pleasure. Me. Yes, yes. Ribbed for your pleasure. Ribbed for literally no one's pleasure. It turned out. But okay. um, we that. We had a. So I watched it in the warm. Actually, it's funny. The ex-players don't tend to want to take the tickets and go outside so we give the tickets away or let, let the corporate guys keep them and give them elsewhere and yeah, sell anyway them. sell them it was quite don't sell them actually it no. was quite boring can I say that in terms of a spectacle but I thought very impressive um, considering what Argentina have done this year against the All Blacks the box not that that takes much and the Aussies considering how good they are now how competitive they are now I thought England did a, the fact that England never looked like losing um, I thought I didn't think they looked like losing then if you did I'm not trying to take anything away from England's performance you're about to though aren't you no and Wales is as well because they also beat Argentina but yeah. I've been a little bit disappointed with Argentina I thought they were going to crack on because we've seen mm. how good they've been in the rugby championship they didn't really offer enough for me in attack mm. yeah they're big and they're physical and if there's a rugby player in the world with bigger quads than Issa, I want to know about yeah. it. Who's your Baguja? He's a big, he's a mate. Big oh, down south, isn't God, he? God, yeah, huge. Like Louis Picamore, like an iceberg, all the weights at the bottom half. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Quadfather. Quadzilla. Yeah, you got it. Mm. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed with them. I thought they, they were going to offer more, and especially with 15 against 14. Mm, I'll go with that, Shanko. I'd agree yeah. with that. Um, I think what I wrote, a, I wrote an article. Um, hey? I know, eh? Good looking, good looking and clever. Yeah. Bloody hate you. I know. Oh, what am I like? Um, <laughs> just not, not just a, not just a classically unhandsome face. Not just a shiny head. Not just a shiny cubal head. Yeah. I wrote an article for the Evening Standard saying, you know, one thing England don't have to worry about anymore is the Argentina scrum because it's lost its power. Yeah, that turned out to be balls, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. True. Towards the end, when Joe Marler came on, they really stuck it to him a bit. I think and Sinclair did really well. Um, but they, they did uh, at the end of that they were, England were lucky not to concede a penalty try I think they were they were I do agree with that but the game management was very good coming very, very second nice. half very um, nice but Big Billy's injured how do you how do you injure Billy Vunapola he's made of wood he's Look not clay clay he's made of clay how yeah. do you injure that 
I mean, it's like trying to injure a terraced house, isn't it? Bit of cheese wire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Harpoon. Um, yeah. Huge loss for him, wasn't it? Yeah. You yeah, can see in his face it. it was a bad injury because yeah. a bloke like that just gets up normally, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's a tough lad, isn't he? But it does help that you've got Nathan Hughes. Mm. Yeah, I'm quite excited about that. He's the real deal. He's been very um, good for Wasps for the last three years. Yeah, but Billy's accelerated beyond him, beyond anyone true. else in England the last season, But since Eddie Jones arrived. But I am looking forward to seeing Nathan Hughes. I'm hoping he's fit and presuming he gets picked if he is. Looking forward to seeing him. He carries a rugby ball like a cricket ball. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's a big, bigger, bigger. What the do, mate? what they do mate he's English yeah. mate sorry English mate Got okay my dad my dad um, like speaks to me after games for debriefs the hammer the hammer yeah yeah good and um, that's his nickname by the that's way my, that's his, his nickname not mine and yeah. uh, the hammer calls me every now and again for a debrief and he all he kept saying about Nathan Hughes was he's a great looking man isn't he doesn't he look wonderful he's just fantastic looking isn't he handsome mm. I'd never really thought about it before but on reflection yes I'll say mm. he is yeah I'll go with that if you just heard a noise go off um you know when you're at home and you cook dinner and you don't realise till you've 20 minutes into actually eating your extractor fan is still on and you turn it off and you think, oh, God, that's nice and quiet. I didn't realise, but there has been a fan on in here for the last 20-odd minutes and it's just gone off. So maybe the sound just got better. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows, Tom? Hopefully the sound will be all right because we have had a few issues. We're not famed for our sound quality, are we? No, we're not. We're not. But anyway, Nathan Hughes back in, so... Yeah, that's England, be... England do that job. They should. I reckon they'll scrape it by about uh, 15 points. I mean, Australia will be out without Will Genya. Yeah. On the weekend. I don't think Stade Francais are releasing him because he's outside of the international window. But did you watch the Ireland game? Yes, I did. Yeah. I mean, what did you think? I just thought Ireland starved Australia of possession. I thought Ireland again were mm. a class above. They've To beat New Zealand and Australia in an autumn mm. campaign is a massive box ticked. I think it's the first time I love it I love that. I love seeing Ireland do well because there was kind of an assumption for a, a while that without O'Connell O'Driscoll there was going to be this big rebuilding phase and Rob Carney needed dropping because he wasn't performing and yeah. um, and now with Sexton and Henshaw injured after last week on the Kiwis they're a bit dirty they're knackered but I just I love the fact they're not knackered and they what I will it. say of Australia is that when they did have the ball they were pretty devastating and yeah. with Foley and Falau in that back line how good is Foley K- these days? as well mm. there's a lot of chat about um, certain teams in France and I heard Bath actually if George Ford leaves are keen for Aaron Cruden yeah. then there's chat about uh, Toulon or Montpellier Montpellier offering up to a million euro a Miami year Dolphins, Miami Dolphins Miami yeah. Dolphins um, Luton Town Leighton Orient oh, he's, he's everywhere Athens and Stanley yeah who are they? exactly so he's um, there's chat about that but I look at Bernard Foley and I think I say Bernard Bernard Bernard's better Bernard Bernard yeah. Bernard Folie and I think that guy is every bit as good a player Bernard is like from the Westworld it's like that's what these blokes you called. watch Westworld yeah it's good um, no, but I, d- I did one episode and opted out I didn't really like it anyway why would you do that over Westworld I like the movie with Yul Brynner I don't like this as so much you watch Westworld and not one out I opted out. I opted out. Disgusting. (laughs) Right, but anyway, back to Bernard Foley. Bernard, yeah, yeah. I suppose he's really grown into that number ten role now because there was a lot of talk over him and Quay Cooper. There's also Matt Gittos running there, but Bernard Foley. I think it was a World Cup game here, and just dominated. Carved England up. Just dominated. That was I think everyone sort of stood up and took note of this guy at ten. I I I, I didn't stand up, but I did take note. Yeah. Yeah. 
everyone turned around and said how good he was, didn't they? Yeah. Did anyone turn around? Yeah. No. Um, he is he's wonderful but I, I sort of wonder if you know he might be next on the list for a lot of these big French and English clubs yeah possibly um, Gary Ringrose yeah let me try he's good another, eh? one, another one that stepped up do you know my favourite moment from the Ireland match it's when Simon anthems. Zebo anthems yeah the final yeah. whistle was good um, the Simon Zebo was on the bench started on the bench didn't he yeah there was a bit late on when he'd come on the field and Australia were giving it a proper go they looked fabulous out wide when they had ball and they're giving it a proper go from inside their 22 and Zebo steams up on a bit of a hero hero play and makes a brilliant tackle which I think it knocked the ball loose from memory but it was just a brilliant read showed loads of confidence loads of game awareness I love that and that that shows um, we know Zebo's a great player but that shows a guy who's part of a team that properly believes they can make big decisions and get away with it I don't know if you've seen it but there's obviously every four years when the Lions play there's a Lions video that comes out and yeah. they have a court session yeah, and he was fined in the court session Zebo this is last year 2013 because they were playing a, a midweek game the Lions and the balls at bottom of the ruck um, Conor Murray was there Simon Zebo was shouting kick it out kick it out the clock's gone the clock's gone Conor Murray turns around kicks the ball out looks like there's two minutes left he turns around <laughs> and Zebo's just giggling away <laughs> but he was good when he came on obviously uh, his kick ahead Sort of went into Earls' hand and, and set up Henderson for a try, who mm. for a second row is incredibly mobile. He's so good. He's so good. And I, I, I could be a lion, mate. Oh, I, I, I absolutely think he's a lion. So we're not, we've, I think we've must have had this chat already, right? How many locks do you take on a lion's trip? Let's say. 15. Let's say four with a back rower that can play lock. I, let's just say five. Yeah, okay. Cruz, Itoji, Alan Wynn, Ian Henderson, Johnny Gray. Okay. Launchbury. Then you're leaving out. Launchbury. Then you're leaving out Launchbury. You're leaving out Richie Gray. You're leaving out um, Charteris. Charteris. Mm. You know. <coughs> excuse me. It's tough. That is properly tough. Yeah, um, it is. It is. Someone, I was sat next to someone the other day at the England game at Twickers, and they said, "Well, Kutoji, you nailed on, aren't they?" I said, "They're not, mate. They're, they're not because Launchbury could play in that team. Henderson's the sort of guy they'll get him on tour, realize how good he is in training, and this guy could play. He could be a." I think you know. it's a lottery over England who, with whoever manages to stay fit in the second row will yeah. hold the shirts because yeah. everyone that's come in has been good haven't they yeah. mm. really good um, and then, you, then I mentioned Alan Wynn and they said oh god he's, he, def- he won't even be on tour will he he's, got, he's passed it and I said you are joking me have man. a look at him at the weekend you are joking me have a look at him against mm. Japan made a massive difference and, and um, Argentina he's, mate, he's unbelievable like I don't what amazes me most is the engine on him is incredible. I mean, his offloading game as well is incredible. Yeah. Like you talk about Nathan Hughes holding the ball with one hand. Mm. Look at Alan Wynn when he wants to offload. Yeah. Same. Just holds it like it's a little apple in his hand. Do you know what, what gets me the most is his enthusiasm for such a big bloke. He's like yeah. almost his vitality around the field. It's like, it's just... And I love it when he sings the anthem as well because he just swallows the crowd. Yeah. His mouth goes out wide. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah it's like he's catching flies or something. Yeah, um, I, won- I wonder if he's next for the hair transplant thing. Anyway, separate separate subject. Yeah, no, he'd have to get behind Jeremy Roberts. I got an email about that again this week, by the way. About what? Getting my hair done. From who? From one of the companies that does it. What did they say? They basically said, if you're interested, again, I know you've said no before, we're interested. So my- I actually asked him a question. He didn't just say no thanks. I asked him a question and just said, is it reversible? Yeah. So what I would consider doing would do it for a right laugh and grow my hair out like Castro Giovanni. I would consider that for fun. You couldn't do that, mate. 
but I'm not. But it's not reversible, and you leave with loads of holes in your head and stuff. So I'm not doing. Would that. they consider me? As uh, no, we. A difficult thing is, so I they they would do it for me for free because I got eight caps for England, but you got seventy caps for Wales, so you'd probably have to pay because just no one cares about. But can you not go back to them and say, look, I'm up for it, but you have to do my mate as well. Got to do me mate. Yeah. Um, but like old times. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not up for it. In essence, but how would you, ha you have your hair if you're going to have a transplant? I'd have it like Castro. Okay. I'd have it long and crazy. I remember once playing against uh, Toulouse in about '99, 2000. I would go Pat Sharp myself. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, 2002. I think played against Toulouse, and in Toulouse, and the I can't. Anyway, whatever the date was, who cares? It was Califano, Yannick Brew, and Frank Tournier playing in the front row. What a front row! Yeah, mega tough. Quite hard work when you're about 19, but anyway, we got through it. And after the game, we had the post-match function, and um, we we were all sort of smartly dressed. The Toulouse boys are just in tracksuits and those shiny puffer jackets that French people wear that look really good on them, but no one else. Yeah, maybe Italian people. And after the game, Frank Tournier just comes over and sits with me and Paul Wallace and George Shooter, who are the front row for Saris. And he just comes over and he's just got a bottle of wine and three uh, uh, three glasses for us as well as his own in his hand and he pops the cork out with thumb and forefinger and does a bottle and he does a you know pours a load of wine and then he gets reaches in the back pocket of his jeans pulls out a cigarette lighter and pulls out a, and a big cigar out of this thing in his chest he had a rolled on the thighs of a virgin maybe he had yeah. a, but he basically had cowboy boots big or like big biker's boots tight jeans which looked great on him even though he shouldn't ever wear tight jeans when you're a prop like that yeah he had a really tight T-shirt with like a breast pocket to hold his cigar case. This sounds like Arnie from Terminator 2 when Honestly, he comes out of the bike. it's just bar. like it, right? So that's, that's his post-match wear. And he had long, crazy, curly hair then and these like wraparound black sunglasses that held his hair back like a hairband. Yeah. Smoking his cigar in the room, in the like post-match function area. Kids come over for autographs and photos and stuff with actual cameras then, not camera phones. Yeah. And after the game, we all walked off. We all went on and got on the bus and he sort of got on the bus and said, you know... He shouted out, au revoir, mes amis, you know, sort of see you in a couple of weeks. And all the boys were kind of, well, I'm Frank. And he got, he went down and his wife, this um, very attractive human, was there with him, jumped on the back of his bike. No, he had, he had shared a helmet on, he had no helmet, pulled his shades down, jumped on this massive Harley, started it up with a cigar in his mouth and like flew out the car park on his Harley. I was Sounds just like, like a movie. I just said, mate, who is that guy? Who's yeah. that guy? Amazing. Amazing, just a sort of heroic moment. A heroic moment. I'll never forget it. Then, right, as I'm on one, you were probably playing. They came back for the return fixture, and everyone said, "Oh, the French don't travel, or whatever." We thought, "I bet they do." Ten minutes in, it turned out they didn't. And uh, two things happened in that match that were just we absolutely pumped to lose. I remember really doing a job on them. They just weren't up for it at all. Yeah. Same team, not up for it. They started with a tight head called Esposito. I think a young French guy, real strong. And in one mall, they were trying to take apart our driving mall. And again, I can't condone this, but this guy kept knocking his head through. And I was trying to get his head back through by knocking, you know, very legally, knocking my head into his face as sort of um, gently as I could to persuade him to move back out. Yeah. And Julian White just said, get him out. And I'm trying to get him out without doing anything illegal. And I said, I'm trying, I'm trying. And Whitey just, I remember him pushing me out the way and landing one of the most sickening uppercuts in fact the most sickening uppercut I ever saw in a game of rugby I ever witnessed personally and this kiddie just not kiddie he was like 25 yeah. this kiddie just dropped it was it was like 
pro- I'm not condoning this. It no. was properly horrendous. No, I'm not either. I'm not even smiling. But, but then at the next line out, they all went mad. There was a big fight. And the next line out, they're all pointing at Whitey. And I said, mate, they're coming for you. Five metre line out to them. Because Whitey didn't even get sent off for that. Didn't get caught. And I said, they'll be coming for you, mate. And he used to say, good, good. And he's staring at them. And he looked such a psycho that all these French lads who were going to kill him 30 seconds ago, they get to the line out. And you know, like when um, Richard Cockrell stepped out of the line at that hacker, yeah. Norm Hewitt. Yeah, yeah. Whitey like did that at the line out. He just sort of walked, as we're lining up to defend, they're walking in and he just leaves our line Kill out. Kill me, I'm right here. Walk, walks into Kill their me. line out looking for a fight in the middle of a game. And they were just like, hey, uh, sort of calmez-vous. It was sick. And then the other thing I remember is Frank Tournier coming off the bench, being so disinterested. He hadn't even done his boots up. No joke. Didn't even do his boots up. He just wasn't there. Not interested. I always remember Whitey um, knocking out Hugh Vivian for Newcastle. No, Richard Arnold, that was. Another ginger bloke. You, you sure? think it's Viv? It wasn't. A ginger flanker called Richard Arnold. Oh, okay. There's, yeah. not many, there's not many of them, that's why. No, um, no there are two But he literally has to jump up and punch him in the air, doesn't he, to get him. And just taps him on the shoulder, he looks around, boof. Yeah, from memory, Richard Gone. Arnold was actually digging into, I think it was Hilly on the floor. And he okay. was and like, Hilly, you know, you don't punch Richard Hill because partly because he's a legend, but also because he would never hit you back. And punching someone who's not going to hit you back is for cowards. But Richard Arnold was a tough bloke and he was hitting somebody. And Whitey just, instead of piling him with haymakers, just turned him round and put him to sleep. Do you yeah, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, and on the on the bus back, right, his agent, I won't tell you who his agent was because he might not like me saying so, his agent rang him and said, because um, we got back, we got back, we flew, I forget, the next morning on the bus or something like that, but we were in my car and I had hands free in my car, which was really unusual. Ahead Ju- of the time. Julian was plugging his phone in to charge it and it and went onto the hands free. Was that your right? green Mondeo? Yeah, diesel. Yeah, yeah Ver- Mondeo Verona. And um, he uh, and he rang, he answered the phone and he said, "Hello, so and so to your agent." He said, "Oh, hell of a right, hell of a right hand, that boy." And Julian said, "Yeah, sorry, not ideal." He goes, "Don't apologise to me. Your value's just gone up fifty grand." That's what he said to him. So uh, it was Jason Leonard was his agent. No, he wasn't. I was going to say that? he wasn't. But he said, "Yeah, your value's just gone up fifty grand." Lenny McLean, that right hook. Yeah, I was just talking about your cars. Your mum it was. Yeah. <laughs> talking about cars, I, I found an interesting fact the other day. You know, Knight Rider. Yeah. What was the car called in Knight Rider? It's a Corvette. No, what was the car called? Oh, Kit. Yeah. Do you know that was abbreviated? Was it? Yeah. Abbreviation of what? Knight Industries 2000. Really? I, I did not know that. Um, randomly, that was in a Beaujolais quiz. Oh, day. Beaujolais day the other day. Yeah. Was it good? That was in Cardiff, wasn't it? It's everywhere, mate. It's not just unique to Cardiff. Sw- oh. uh, Swansea, I think, is the, is the busiest place in the UK. They celebrate Beaujolais. Swansea, home of Beaujolais Day. Yeah, of course jo- it is. Jo- do you know why it's famous, Beaujolais Day? No. Because it's the first grape of the season. Oh, right. Apparently so. Oh, right, okay. It's not the nicest of wines, but after, I mean, they should probably call it Stella Artois Day. Yeah, I mean, ha- half the half the dues we go to have the worst plonk available, don't they? But then when you lose your taste buds, it doesn't matter, does it? All no. goes down. Drink through that, get yeah. through that. Anyway, we've digressed. Yeah, we um, do that. Wales, South Africa. Did you know... England, Ireland and Wales all scored 27 points at the weekend. Wow. Illuminati, man. Yeah, I know. Something's Um, not right. Thanks, Obama. But it was a good game Mm. for Wales in terms of... I disagree disagree with that, but anyway, yeah. um, In terms of how important it was for them to win, it was a good game for them. Um, It wasn't the the best game to view and watch, but they did a job. They needed to go out there. There was a huge amount of pressure from the public, from everybody on this Welsh team to see where they are you know if they couldn't if they can't beat 
the worst South African team we've seen in a long, long time. And something is seriously up. And to be fair, they went out and did it. We saw glimpses of a new style of play. We saw them trying to be a bit more expansive. I still think Liam Williams should be at 15 and not the wing. I disagree with Rob Howley saying he's at more of a winger than a 15. I think his best position is 15, which is a bit odd. If him going to Saracens now when they've already got a world-class 15, that looks good. And if he wants to play 15, he's not going to play as much there. Um, but they did. With Scott Williams at 12, he offers you a little I bit like more. I like him. Yeah, he's good. I like him too. I like him more than you, but I like him. You like him a lot. I like him more than you. Yeah. Do you love him? I don't love him. I don't know well enough to love him yet, but I like him. Uh, okay. But he he offers Wales a, an attack which... Oh, by can, the way, the fan just started up again <laughs> behind us. Ignore it, yeah, guys? He offers Wales an attack that could go a little bit wider because of his passing game, and it's very crisp through the hands. I put on Twitter yesterday about could Dan Bigger play 12? You've got this guy called Sam Davis um, at 10. Mm. Could Bigger play 12? And it was purely a... A question I suppose more so like we've seen with Farrell because I look mm. at Dan Big and I look at Owen Farrell and I see quite a lot of similarities in the way they play mm. not the most elusive and creative tens um, but very good at what they do don't make mistakes very structured and another ball player then you, then you have someone like Ford and Sam Davis who can create a ten? Yeah, it's a model that's a model that can work I, and also another similarity of Farrell and Bigger is before they kick for post they both look like they're possessed and they need exercising they look yeah. demented um, worrying they look worrying actually yeah I, I mean I, I obviously winning's good and you beat South Africa that's good and all the history books will say is that Wales beat South Africa and won three from four this autumn but I think it's one of those wins you can win a match against the Springboks and walk off the field properly disappointed because apart from the fact they're the Springboks they are just they were just awful they offered nothing and Wales should have put 40 points on them they should have they should have but they still had to you can only play what's in front of you that's David. literally true um, and it is a very poor South African team but you know, they, they still possess individual threats they're still good players you know you're not, you're not talking about grabbing players from division 2s or 3s they're still in the, the super 14 or the super 16 or super 24 I don't even know what's called now there's so many teams in there super um, so they did well and Justin Tipperick his yeah. try was incredible he's fab if, if he was from another country he'd have 50 caps has he got 50 caps actually he might well have already no he hasn't I don't think he's got him quite yet he's, he won't be far off but mm. his lateral movement you know so his step mm. off his right to score that try laterally he's so good mm. um, so elusive very good handler probably the best centre we got <laughs> that plays seven <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, so for him to come through that game and to win that match it's great because I think a lot of people now realise how important he is to Wales and how he needs to play every single game if Wales want to adapt and change a little bit of uh, and play more expansively but he just doesn't fit what Warren Gatlin wants he w he just wants a mutant at seven he does but Warren Gatlin's not in charge at the moment so Rob Howley is isn't he but I wonder does he really have no input at all is he not on the phone to Rob Howley at all, you know? Well, it's, it's, it's Rob Howley's risk, isn't it? Because Warren Gatlin's in charge of the Lions. You know, if, if Wales do well, it's down to Gatlin. If Wales don't do well, it's because Gatlin's not there. He, for me, he's in a win-win a situation. Yes, you'll still keep an eye on Wales because he's the head coach. But mm. for his year, he's concentrating on Lions. He's having to go around to all the games, watching players play. It's Rob Howley's choice. It's Rob Howley's selection. So it's yeah. down to Rob, and he's made some big calls already. You know, he dropped Jamie Roberts and put uh, Scott Williams in there for the two big games against Argentina. 
and Safka. I reckon he's got to take a bigger step than that. I reckon he's got to drop Lee Halfpenny. Who would be your Who would be your other winger then? Uh, Tom James or Keelan Giles? Keelan Giles. Exciting. It, Put someone in there. He is exciting. If there was a, a chance to blood a youngster like that, it should have been done through this campaign. It wasn't. Tom James has been on form, but he just doesn't fit into the the equation. He, I think there's a personality issue with him and the coaches. Yeah, we've had this chat. So, yeah, yeah it's a difficult one. Um, we've got loads. We've got so many questions this week, which we are very thankful for, but we're not going to get through a fraction of them. We'll do our very best. Um, here's an interesting one, Shanko, from Jack Fitzmorris on email. Who has the best footwork that you've ever of any player you've ever played with? And what would your autumn international starting fifteen be? It's quite a long one. We could try and bang through it though. We'll make a few mistakes, but let's okay. go footwork first. The footwork, can I say two? So what you like, mate. It's your podcast. All right, I would say Shane Williams for obvious reasons. You know, the hot stepper. Brilliant. Say Stepping. again, I missed that. Shane Williams. Shane Williams, yeah. Uh, and Casey Laulala. Mm. Such a good player. Should have had more caps than he did for New Zealand. He's now playing the staff front. So he played with them at the Cardiff Blues for a couple of seasons but just incredible footwork just got himself out of trouble so much got himself on outside breaks stepping inside dream to watch mate what, yeah. what about you? Jason Robinson yeah and crazy he was crazy wasn't he he's different probably never see another one like him no um, so let's quickly do a, let's rat, rattle through an can I start 15? yeah Stuart Hogg oh yeah he's been brilliant for wingers. Scotland wingers I would go Mm, it's a good one this I would say Zebo's not had a bad mm. autumn campaign mm. um, can I have him in even have though he didn't start the weekend I thought he was very you good you do backs I'll do forwards ok so I'll go Simon Zebo on one wing Yeah. on the other wing possibly Johnny May think he's been that good do you well I'm trying to think I wouldn't necessarily think anyone from Wales has been that Liam good Liam Williams Maybe. Don't give it all the 15 chat and then pick him on the wing, mate, ahead of wingers. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I haven't. All right. Pick well, my 15. Yeah, well, don't then. All right. Yeah. Johnny May. You can Johnny, have Johnny May. May. I would say. Senders. Senders. Owen Farrell. You've got to have Owen Farrell at 12, really, haven't you? Yeah. And all round. 13, I would go with. Hey, that's Scottish boys, all right, isn't he? Hugh Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He should be well. I would go with John. Jonathan Joseph in form I think John Davis is a better player do you I think uh, form wise probably Jonathan Joseph is, has been playing alright in a more in a better team alright 10 who's played the best 10 who's played the best this is a form selection this isn't Lions this is kind of who's played who we reckon's played the best yeah so Sexton was injured Paddy Jackson came in did okay Dan Bigger alright yeah, Finn Russell. I like right. Finn Russell. I like Finn Russell. Got a bit of swagger about him. I like. Yeah, him. Not, I'd probably go George Ford. Okay, who's your nine? Connor Murray. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's been brilliant again. Yeah. All, all, all through the autumn campaign, such a key player for Ireland. Yeah. Okay. Right. Go. Right, loose head. Let's go. Um, I'm going to say Jack McGrath. Knew Ireland. you would. Knew you would. You didn't know that. You thought I'd say Mako because you think I love him. I do love Mako, but I think Jack McGrath has arguably been better in this autumn series. Mako did some, done some lovely stuff. But anyway, I picked who I've picked. Yeah. 
Hooker is an interesting one. Um, Rory Best got his 100th cap last weekend. Pretty staggering. Not going to pick him for that alone. But I am going to pick him because I think he's been really, really good and uh, played really, really nicely. Um, tight head prop, Tad Furlong. Yes. From Ireland. Yeah. Love that guy already. Well, he's just been fab. What an addition. Really, really like him. Second rows. Interesting, interesting. Alan Wynn, because he's freaky. He's also uh, a natural leader as well of men. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. So he's in. Um, I think Devon Toner's played better than I've seen him play before. Um, uh, in, in truth, I've always not. I've always wondered what he offered besides, and this is going to sound really, really. I don't mean it to. Beside being so tall and eight winning foot. lots of line-out balls, besides yeah. being eight foot tall. But I, I just never seen him have a huge impact around the field. But I think he's really, really moved on. He look, he's looked really powerful the last few weeks. Henderson, I love, but hasn't played a huge amount in the autumns. Um, it's a toughie. So Alan Wynn. Okay, where do we go from there? I think I actually think Joe Launchby was really good when he played. Agree. Um, you going for him? I'm going to go for. You're stalling now. You're I'm going to go for Johnny one. Gray. Okay, fine. Just because the amount of work he does, I think he's 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 yeah very very useful. Number eight, Billy. Uh, Billy Billy's better. Billy's better than Heathcliff and Falatau. I think. I know Falatau hasn't played much. I think he's better. Okay. Um, and on the flanks, did like seeing Sean O'Brien back. Do you like yeah, that? Do you like watching him play? CJ Stander was good as well for a small I, part. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you pick a team from the home nations without having CJ Stander in it just because of everything he offers. But he didn't play that much rugby because he injured mm. himself, didn't he? Um, Moriarty was good for Wales. He was really good. One of the standouts. And he's one of my favourites, isn't he? Yeah. I'm going to put Moriarty in there. Okay. Are you okay with that? Yeah, very, very Are you okay, okay with that? Yes, good. And I'm going to put Tapurik. Yep. I'm going to put Justin Tapurik in there. He's on a spice. He is now. It's Christmas. Okay, so he's in. That is okay. a rough. That is a rough autumn fifteen. And feel free to uh, tweet us and email us some really sort of awful abuse about that, about how he got it wrong, and we don't know what we're talking about, and we're past it. Feel free. We're just trying to pick form players. Players that are in form, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are. We are, and it's you know you can't you can't get everything right, can you? What about the, we've had a, quite a few Twitter responses to the yellow card from Joe Marler. Do you agree yes, with that? No, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous yellow card. Holding onto someone's boot at the breakdown. Are you kidding me? If you start hold, if you start getting yellow cards for holding onto people at breakdowns, mate, it's going to be a joke. Do you know what I used to find the most frustrating thing? is when you're running and someone tries to pull you back. You're going to lash out. It's like being held. Yeah. It's horrible when someone holds you. Um, here's one from... Um, Ben Bidwell on email. Quick question for Flats. Who is the most talented player you've ever played with? I asked because when we met you at the Blue Marlin in Ibiza last summer, you said it was our mate Hesso, a.k.a. James Hesse. Were you drunk or do you still maintain this in the cold light of day? Is Many the, thanks, Ben. Is the Blue Marlin like the Blue Oyster? Yeah, it is, no, isn't it? No, it is. No. It's like a pink shrimp. <laughs> it's just but where... It's, it's like the King's where, Cross. It's just where I hang around with Dizzy Rascal, Dizzy Rocks and the boys. Okay. I was there, I was there on a lad's holiday and... Um, you still so, get to go on them? Oh, you're, mate, you're I lucky. I was on tour, mate. And, um, yeah, it was getting a bit loose and Andy Beatty, the old buff, blindside, had... Um, oh, God, it was awful, mate. I'll tell you what happened. So... Go on. Uh, sort of, first saw my old mate, uh, Hesso, who I, who I played with years ago, the guy should be mentioned, and he was like, genuinely a phenomenal schoolboy rugby player, but um, I think he just stopped or didn't grow or something. Don't know. Yeah. Let us know, Hesso. Um, and I was obviously being kind, saying he was the best player I'd ever played with because he was there. I mean, that's clearly complete bollocks. Um, 
but lovely bloke, uh, lovely looking, quite posh, good player. So you think when you're in a bit of a state like that and you've got your mates are in such a state, you don't want to see people you know really. So then you know, bear in mind I'm kind of do what I do now as a job. You don't really want to see, you don't really want to be letting your hair down too aggressively in front of players that you yeah. see on the touchlines every week. And then George Cruz walks past a couple of days off before the World Cup started. Flats, George, I was like, oh, I was glad to see him because he's such a nice bloke, but we were, we were bollocks at this stage. And Andy Beater, you know the beast, old Bath side, great lad, really lovely. Shared a bed with him once. Oh, did you? Oh, mate. Oh, he's minging, yeah. You know the, the unwritten rule where you're sharing a bed with a bloke, you face the other way? Yeah. He didn't. Not beast, no. no. Face mate? Yeah, he's a mouth breather. Yeah. Horrible bit of kit. So he's, um, he's there and beast is in, in an absolute state. It's about three in the afternoon, but he's a lightweight. And he says, George... George, you know Borthers, he's my friend. Yeah, like Steve Borthwick. He goes, yeah, George wasn't drinking, so, you know, World Cup came out. He goes, yeah, I know Borthers, a great guy. He's legend. You will never, you will never be Steve Borthwick, never. And he was like, yeah, I know, I know Beast. It's just, uh, first of all, George walks over and said, oh my God, is that Andy Beatty over there? The Beast who played for, yeah. Beast who played for Bath. And I was like, yeah, he goes, mate, he is shredded because Beast is in like amazing nick these days, right? He is shredded. Oh my God. I was like, yeah. He's not in great nick, like in terms of intoxication, though. And anyway, he stumbles over and he's like, "You compared to Borthers, you're nothing." And he's like, "I was like, okay, Beast, you said your bit, mate. Why don't you go and sit back down again?" And he's like, "And you got a shit rig." <laughs> just walks off. George, George was laughing, and he just he's like, you know, he had a load of respect for Beast until Beast walked over and let himself down. And then as Beast walked off, he's like, "Right, I'm going for a lie down," and he walks off and just falls in the sand. He's not deaf, is he? You can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. So anyway, he goes, I'm going to go for a lie down. And he walks off and trips in the sand and clears out. There's, a, there's like eight daybeds, right? And all eight daybeds use the same massive central table for all of their bottles of flashy rosé and cristal and everything. Yeah. Beast cleaned the whole table out. The whole table. It was horrendous. And he couldn't get up. That was when, yeah, he, he took it easy after that day. But anyway, he let himself down badly in front of George. There you go. That, um, that question on Marla was on Twitter from Matt Gibson. We got it a load. We got it loads of that question on um, email as well. Lots of people were annoyed about that. And I, I kind of, I'd go along with that. We've had a, here's one from um, Lloyd James on email. Um, all right, boys. All right, Lloyd. All right, Lloyd. Who's the worst roommate you've ever had? And why? From Lloydos. Got to be Welsh. Got to be Welsh. Lloydos. Lloydos. Um, who's the worst? Gav Henson wasn't the easiest to room with. Got on very well with him, but he would just use all of the facilities and towel, like mm. towels like nobody else. So his pre-match routine would be to have a deep bath and to exfoliate his skin and shave his entire body. Mm. Then he would apply Saint-Tropez uh, all over his body. And I had to do a little bit that he couldn't reach because of his back and being unflexible like us men are. Yeah. Um, and then he would individually pick out any loose hairs with tweezers, allow the Saint-Tropez to set for a minimum of four hours, go back in, wash it all off, and then he was ready for, for the game. Mm. He would also, like, he didn't ever like his wrists... So he'd always have like a, an Under Armour compression red Other brands top, are available. red top sewn in to his jersey. Oh, really? So he'd cover his wrists. He also didn't like the length of short, 
So we'd have a little bit extra. You're talking possibly three to four inches of the shorts sewn into his shorts. Really? So just the bottom bit, yeah. So his nan would do all this for him. And he instead of like every player having a new pair of shorts and socks and stuff every game, he would have to get his jersey early. So, no. his, so his nan could sew it in. And his shorts then he would wear, you know, more than once. That is bizarre. Yeah, but look good, play good. Hey, exactly. Hey, imagine, imagine that was for me. Oh my days. Oh my, I wouldn't have a good game, would I? You'd have had to wear a Kathy Freeman all in one, <laughs> your head covered up. A Skeletor morph suit. Um, we've got one from Lloyd James here, different Lloyd. All right, Baze. Um, hi, Lloyd. In the squad, in all the squads you've played in, who had the worst dress sense? This is quite a common question, isn't it? Um, yeah. Like, who had that incredible ability to make a team tracksuit look awful? Um, I found it's generally just, I don't want to generalise too much, but it's generally just South Africans, isn't it? That's not, you're not far off there, yeah. Mm. I mean, Aussies are pretty bad as well. At dress yeah, sense, it's terrible. I reckon, for me, it would be Stephen Jones. You know, the, the, the ex-Welsh, number 10. The Count. Yes, the Count. Yeah. Now, playing his trade at the Scarlets, coaching the backs. He, terror. You know, you know when you get a lot of free kit, you know, you're getting like Rockport shoes and stuff like that. Rockport shoes that literally look like Cornish pasties. He would happily wear them with a pair of bell-bottom jeans um, and a gelée. Loved a gelée. And also, remember the, remember the really old-school leather shoes that they were like Ben Sherman's and they had a big silver buckle over the front of them. Oh, yeah. Terror shoes. Gorgeous. Again, he would love to wear them with a pair of jeans. I tell you, mm. Sean Edwards is not far off as well I mean I remember being in a, in picture and piano in Fulham with Phil Greening yeah Warren Gatland and Sean Edwards so after the wasps were there after a night out and Phil Greening introducing me to Warren Gatland and I said hello mate how you doing yeah we, do, I, we had just played wasps in fact hello mate hi how you doing that was it yeah then I said hello to Sean Edwards and he had a suit on an actual oh. a suit without without a tie but like a jacket shirt and, but he had trainers on with his suit and I said, hey, what's with the old, uh, did not look at the memo or something? Is it fancy dress? And he looked at me completely deadpan. And I just said, trainers, mate. Why are you wearing trainers with a suit? And he said, well, if you and me have got to do a runner to get away, who's going to get away first? I was like... That's what he was thinking about, was it? Uh, yeah, good. <laughs> that's like a good point. That's like how the SAS, the SAS think. Yeah, like, uh, know your exits, clean get... I was like, wow, that is good prep. And he goes, yeah, you never know, dude. To be fair, though, he used to wear tracksuits into Wales, and he'd have, like... And there'd obviously be strict rules about what you can wear and what you can't. Yeah. He would wear... And you'd have to be branded up as well. He would wear a WIU tracksuit with a pair of suit shoes and a black leather jacket and a white T-shirt. Wow. And he used, to, he used to love training. We got an indoor barn at the Vale, and he would train when the boys are training in the field. He would like do sprint the widths and jog the lengths and stuff like that, and get in the punch bag. And but you don't mention anything to him. What? Because he might fill you in. Yeah. Well, I don't. He'd bite you. He'd bite you. Yeah. <laughs> Gouge you. Bite you. Yeah. Um, here's one. But I like him. Just want to make that clear. Well, no. Hang on. Do you like him? Yes. Well, you're saying all this stuff. So it was talking about his training habits. Um, right, have you, got, have you got one there for us, Shanks? Um, you don't have to, mate. I mean, I don't want to... Peter Wright, Pedro, 9585 wants to know, can the Lions have any chance of beating New Zealand without Billy? Yeah, of course they do. Yeah. They've got Toby Falatau, he's a decent little player. Jamie Heaslip, 
does all right. Rob Sherrington wants to know, with Ben Morgan looking fit and sharp against Saris, do you think he deserves a recall to the England start at 15? Um, no. I think Nathan Hughes deserves a shot in there. Um, I think what you get from Ben Morgan is when it when the big games come, I think he, he's got a lot of power, but I think that over the course of any sort of long series of matches like a premiership block or a European block I think gives you more consistently yeah. and I think he's got a more all round game there's, there's more to his game than smashing through walls that shouldn't be smashed through I had a question here on Twitter from a guy called Ian doesn't have a surname it's like Seal Madonna McLovin does, Ronaldinho doesn't need a surname McLovin, yeah. he's, he's asked flats like Shanks he's asked do Wales need to clear uh, do Wales need to clear out the coaches in particular Howley as he appears to be deluded to his own ability and also another one from Tom Maitland-Evans are Wales coaches damned if they do and damned if they don't three from four pretty good autumn in my book no they're not damned if they do and damned if they don't they're damned if they play poorly and lose and they're not damned at the moment they're getting a bit of grief because they've won against average teams and they haven't played very well um, that's why they're getting that's why they're getting a hard time they're not going to get sacked having lost three from four I think if Wales play really really well then it's not so it's not damned if they do because if Wales play really really well and lose and win sorry then the coaches will be rightly praised for that just like Gatland has been over the years yeah on paper three from four sounds good and it's been don't, a, hey you don't play on paper Tommy <laughs> no you don't I've it's always a, said it it's the, it's the best autumn campaign they've had for a while but when you look at it and you look at the way they played and, and you know they should have put teams to bed they should have put Japan to bed they should have put this South African team they could have put 50 points on that South African team I think it's the way in which Wales are playing which is the most annoying thing because we know they can perform better but they are taking small steps to changing the way they play they are looking at personnel you can see that by dropping Jamie Roberts bringing Scott Williams in Justin Tipperick playing more Liam Williams at 15 I mean I'd like to see him more often there but these little small steps it's going to take a bit of time until they expand their game plan because they're so used to playing this same way um, let's make this the last question shall we okay mate James Hillcote on email um, first off brilliant podcast stop it you he didn't actually write that I just said it no he did write that could you please arrange for Andy Powell and Brian Moore to be part of a Christmas special now that really would be something actually um, someone sort of a, a bona fide rugby intellectual whose opinion you know he's never short of an opinion never short of qualifying that opinion yeah um, someone whose voice is you know if not adored I think it's all the better for that um, respected by sports fans the world over and Brian Moore <laughs> did you get it? Did you see what I did? mate oh genius comedy Christ. genius yeah those two would be good they would but I, apparently I hear that um, trying to get uh, Andy Powell in the right place at the right time ever is pretty difficult mate it's hard work it's hard work trying to tie him down for a golf day um, yeah. but we are trying to get him on he will come on but what about a podcast for which he gets paid zero pounds and zero pence sterling it's going to be tough isn't it should we trick him and say he's getting paid mind you he'd probably fill us both in if we lied to him that's the problem no he couldn't, both do, of, he both, couldn't, he couldn't do us both mate both of us are doing wouldn't we I mean combined we're 150 stone but if yeah but if Moro joins in on Powley's side, then we're a bit screwed because Moro's the sort of guy that he's actually lovely, but I think he would bite your nose off. Yeah, what do we, what do we weigh together in kilos? I I'm, said stone, then I just made that up. I'm one thirty. What are you? Hundred. Two hundred and thirty kilos. That's a, that's a that's a baby rhino. Yeah, 
Yeah. Or it's a half decent deep squat, however you look at it. Mm. We've also, um, as we mentioned earlier, managed to snare one of world rugby's biggest stars to come on the show for a chat. Huge. Huge. Um, he is British Lions legend and Irish and Leinster legend. Uh, he's also Tom Shanklin's um, ultimate rugby hero. Isn't that right, Tom? Well, I'm a lot younger than him, so yeah. Yeah, he is a lot older than you. He's a lot older than both of us, actually. He's, he's roughly the same age as both of us put together. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian O'Driscoll. Brian, hello. How are you? I am very well, gentlemen. Very well. Thanks for asking. Good. Um, how's life? Just just tell us how life is. How's life in retirement? Uh, it's all right. It's all right. It's two and a half years um, or so. Um, it's gone pretty quick. Um, doing lots of different things. Um, I thought... I thought I'd discover what I was going to do for the rest of my life, like 18 months after retiring. I'm kind of thinking more five years now mm, yeah. um, because I'm doing lots of, lots of different things um, and enjoying it. No two days the same, no two weeks the same. So, it's, yeah, it's good. It's not, I, I would say it's not playing. Playing is considerably more enjoyable, but I still do get a kick out of some of the stuff I'm doing. I mean, have you discovered CrossFit like Flats has, or are you pretty much health club like <laughs> I am? Not. I, I, I'm the guy who has yeah? the gym membership where they make all their money. Yeah, you don't use any the of the guy, gear. The guy who goes for the first two weeks of January and then you know goes, oh, I couldn't be arsed. I might go for the occasional swim with my kids. That is working out at about 65 uh, quid per swim, which... Um, isn't really smart. No, um, it's, it's a shame. I mean, it's kind of always been that way that you haven't really shown the commitment to exercise that I have. Anyway, um, right, tell us, you say no, weeks, no week looks the same. Tell us kind of what one of your weeks looks like in retirement because every retired player has it different. What does a week look like for you this week? Um, this week, um, today, um, this week's a bit different because I'm going over to the Dubai 7 tomorrow night. Uh, fly over um, a HSBC ambassador, so I go to about three or four nice. um, of the sevens events. Mm. Um, so Dubai being the first one. See you over there, yeah? We'll catch up. What's that? I said I'll see you over there. We'll have a, a catch-up. Don't, Brian, don't. Oh, excellent, excellent. I'll have a cold beverage with you. Um, yeah, so that, but today I um, was overseeing really exciting stuff, overseeing architects, um, this morning, I was actually doing some filming for uh, the Ireland 2023 World Cup bid that nice. um, we've we've lodged. Uh, I was doing some filming in the Aviva. Tomorrow, I do some filming in Croke Park uh, and then fly out to Dubai until Sunday. So that's what my week looks like. I can't say it looks like that every week, but I try. And then I might try and, instead of CrossFit, I'll try and fit in uh, a Pilates session later on tonight. That's about as far as my exercise extends. Talking of travelling, did you make it over to America for the Ireland-New Zealand game? I certainly did. Uh, First game I've ever been, well, certainly since I was a teenager where where I haven't been playing, I haven't been injured or I haven't been a pundit. So yeah. just went uh, went over on, on the last of the lads. Um, the, for me, the game beforehand was a little bit incidental. We were just making a, a trip of it and then we ended up getting one of the most epic performances, if not the most epic performance an Irish team has ever put in and beat the All Blacks for the first time in 111 years. So it was... A pretty sweet weekend all around. Um, although after 
three days after all that emotion, it was a pretty grim flight home on the Sunday. Mm. What was the atmosphere like there? It must have been incredible, because to be fair, there's quite a lot of Irish out there. Yeah, well, I think they were saying 80-odd percent of Irish um, ancestry of some sort at the game. Um, I think what an awful lot of expats did, um, or living in the States, they, they kind of did reunions with friends, some that flew from different parts of the States, some that flew from Ireland or from different parts of the world. So I think they just, they, they made an excuse of it. Um, and what a brilliant weekend they picked, you know, all those that, that kind of said, ah, oh, no, we'll leave, leave that game off and just wait for the All Black game back in the Aviva where we've much more of a chance Yeah, sort of ruining the decision. But it was, um, the, the week was incredible because the Cubs won the World Series for the first time in 108 mm. years. So the parade was there on the Friday and then we had the game on Saturday. Um, and yeah, the weekend, it's, you know, I don't know if Carlsberg did weekend, it would have been right up there. Um, I don't know if you saw the uh, Bill Murray post-match interview when the Cubs won the World Series with the Cubs head coach in the changing room. But if you haven't, then when you get home, Google it because it is absolute gold. Um, he is basically smashed with a bottle of champagne in his hand. It's amazing. Um, but let me... I, let... Have, I have not seen it yet. I've, I've, seen him, I've seen him at a couple of things in close quarters and he's quite something. So I, I, I will look forward to that. Actually, as soon as I hang up this phone, I'm going to start... I'm going I'm to uh, YouTube it. You better. It's absolute genius. Um, now... Let me ask you a question, right? And I want a, I want an honest answer from you. You had a great weekend. It's one of the it's one of the great weekends in Irish rugby history. It was completely wonderful. Did you love it one hundred percent for the team, or did you love it ninety nine percent for the team? And one percent of you was a little bit bitter that they got to beat the All Blacks and you didn't. Uh, yeah, listen, there's, I, I I would try and use the word envy rather than. <laughs> yeah, right. I think. I think there is a disconnect between, you know, ex-players and the team that they have been involved in for a few years. I think it was probably the first game that reconnected me in some shape or form to the team again. I can see that separation between that current crop and the team that I was involved in. Was yeah. I envious of them? Without a shadow of a doubt, I gave it a lot of goes against the All Blacks with no success. We should have beaten them three years ago in the Aviva where we threw away point lead but anyway that's neither here nor there because it's done now I think what does feel more important is that we've finally gotten the monkey off our backs and mm. that it just was this it, it was it was a weight of carrying around that we've never managed to beat the All Blacks internationally Munster obviously had back in 1978 mm. which we've heard a huge amount about in, in Ireland so it's nice that the national team has managed to do it the under 20s have done it the women have done it so and um, it's it, it does feel it does feel better rather than, than than worse from the point of view of feeling bitter. That's for sure. Yeah, 111 years is a fairly long time. Um, Ireland obviously had an incredible autumn international series. Out of the Irish team now, which sort of Lions contenders will be on that plane after those performances? Because we are already talking about the Lions. It's... Well, yeah, it's, I know it's inevitable. You, you know, the whole year we, we tend to talk about Lions and Lions captains and who's the form player. And, and you know, I think November International for the first time that it, it, there's any relevance to how you're playing. I think it's, it's an opportunity to plant the seed in the coach's mind. And yeah. um, fortuitous that from Ireland's point of view, um, they're the only home nation team that uh, had an opportunity to play. Uh, play against um, against the All Blacks, managing to win one of them and, and play reasonably well in the other one definitely did them no harm. I think if you look at, at, at guys 
beforehand, I wouldn't have had too many um, guaranteed starters in the team. Uh, I still don't know if I have that many guaranteed starters, but guys like Connor Murray for yeah. me, 100% starts. Brilliant. Um, I think um, someone like um, Robbie Henshaw has really put his hand up at 12, depending on what way they want to play the game. And um, I think he's got he's got a brilliant passing game, but he's physically very imposing. You know, really goes after the hit. I think he's he had a big series, even though he didn't play in Australia. Johnny, when he's fit, if they can keep him on the park, uh, is uh, is is very very important. And then up up front, um, looking at guys like Jack McGrath, I thought had a had a brilliant series. The real find of the uh, of the of the series was Tyke Burlong. Mm. He's only a young kid, 23 years of age. That's not even to mention the back row that were were, were brilliant against Australia and, and against New Zealand. So I really think we're in great shape from that point of view. Uh, and that November series really has, has given great impetus to those guys that would be hopeful to, to be lying uh, tourists and looking at a couple of potential test starters. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there'll be plenty of mm, Irish contingents there now I don't know about you flats but I follow all my rugby um, on an app called Ultimate Rugby I actually do use your app a lot Brian um, tell us tell us how the app is going it's going very well it's going very well um, I don't know what last count was but it was definitely over a million and a half downloads um, yeah I think from a pundit point of view I don't know how I'd be able to survive without it but if you're a rugby fan be it you know a, a, a southern hemisphere living in the in the northern hemisphere and you wanted to follow your national team or follow your provincial side you can favourite different teams um, and, and obviously see how they're getting on live scoring uh, details on individuals um, particularly new guys that are you know coming into the four uh, we've got a certain amount of detail on them and now the amateur game is being covered as well via a thing called U score so it, it's, yeah. it's been going great it's, it's up and running about five and a half years now and it's growing year on year so yeah we're very happy with how things are proceeding Good stuff now one final question for you which we like to ask all of our uh, guests if you had to pick a favourite book of all time that you've read what would it be? I've recently gotten back into some reading, but I, I think it's a pretty easy one. And it's a book that I read about a year ago. I'm, I'm still trying to find a replacement for it or something to match it. it um, I, I think it's I think the author's Terry Hay- Terry Hayes, and it's I um, I am Pilgrim. I am Pilgrim. Um, yes. It is I am Pilgrim. Yeah, it is a sensational book, and um, it's. Yeah, it's it's one that gets you from the very first page, and um, yeah, it's, it's a deadly finish to it too. Rare enough to get the get cut, you know, three or four pages, but that would be good. That's a good recommendation. I'll definitely read it. Shanks probably won't in all reality, but um, I'll have a good go. I, I don't know anyone that's read it. I, I posted a picture of it on Instagram, and I said, you know, that feeling, you know, that sense of loss when you finish a book, and. Yeah. Like, I ne- no one ever comments on my Instagram post because they're pretty crap. But um, what's, it, what's, it, what's it about? 50 people made reference to how deadly it was and how they wish that they could read it. I'll read it. Shanks will try. Either way, Brian, we'd love speaking to you. Thanks for calling in, mate, and see you soon. Cheers, guys. Good to talk to you. Cheers, Cheers mate. mate. Right, I think, I think Shanks, oh, what we need to ask people to do, first of all, is if you've got the time and the the spirit and the energy doesn't take long takes 15 seconds I mean I've done 20 already 
Uh, if you could review us positively, that'd be really nice. And if it's negative, keep it to yourself or we'll find you. Um, we've built up a lot of knowledge over the years um, and we've got ways of finding you and we will find you. Isn't that right, James? Yeah, we've got a, a certain set of skills, the skills that we've acquired over a long period. That's what I was skills trying to do. That, I couldn't think skills of Skills that make us a nightmare for people like you. Yeah, that is what, that is what I was trying to think of. Yeah. Mm. I'll um, find you. And we will... I mean, we're not we're not threatening murder here, but we we're not going. You know, we're a bit, a bit south of that, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you're talking a couple of rib punches, nothing around the face. So it's not Cushion obvious. punches, no yeah. visible bruises. Bear that in mind. Mm. Okay, sleep with one eye open. Um, but yeah, if you can review us on iTunes, that'd be a great help. Um, again, if you want to contact us, go on Twitter at Flats and Shanks. Email us, which is contact at flatsandshanks.com. Our website, which is flatsandshanks.com. And Facebook. Facebook, and we're going to do a Facebook Live. You keep saying that. Are we going to do that? Yeah, we are. We're just getting the checks in place on Facebook for you. You didn't pass initially, so I didn't pass. No, because of what I look like. Because um, my your, criminal record, your history. Um, we um, we're going to be a day or so later out next week because Shanko um, is going to Dubai. He's off to Dubs. Yeah, he's going Dubs to get on the moon bed again. So um, when, he, when he gets back, when he's got no time. Mo- no moves and doobs. No moves and doobs, my boy. Yeah. Um, so everyone, have a, have a gorgeous week. Ta-da. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.